And, you know, you kind of have to boost yourself up. I feel like you have to talk to yourself. You have to kind of do that Issa Rae talking in the mirror, you know, oh, you all this, you know, you have to hype yourself up a little bit. But once that's done, you just have to do the thing. And so, you know, earlier last week, I felt a little bit nauseous and I felt a little bit sick. And, you know, that's probably TMI, but it's the truth. But after this weekend, I was just thought about it. I was like, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? And I was just like, girl, you're fine. And this morning, I didn't like, I didn't shy away. I did my meditation. I worked out and then I made my call. Like, just did it. And it was nothing to it. You know, I didn't even have to hype myself up. I feel like I'm beyond that phase as of now. It's kind of like Nike, just do it. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Mic check, one, two, one, two. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got my buddy, Andrea Price, in the building, fresh out of corporate America. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, how are you? I I can't even, let, let me get together. How are you? I am doing amazing. Today was amazing. It's been a great journey. Today, I was able to finally leave my job. I've been talking about it. It's kind of been a thing, just like a little bubble in the air, but it officially happened today and I feel relieved. I feel peace. I feel joy. I feel everything. Three good people here. Give this woman a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, she is a corporate America dropout. It is official, officially out of the matrix. So you said it's been a thing out there. It's been whispering. It's been floating like a little fairy. I mean, why? I mean, you had it made. You had the good government benefits. You had the six-figure salary. I mean, what, what are we doing? Why, why would you do that? Well, I got some coaching from someone. Hint, hint. <laughs> and, um, but honestly, when we did the numbers for my part-time business, we looked at it and it was just like, you made more money on your part-time or your side gig or whatever you want to call it. Then you did in your nine to five and you didn't have to work as many hours. And I remember something from the conference we talked about was actually having time freedom. And it's nothing like having time freedom and being able to go where you want to go when you want to go, because you're not bound to being somewhere. So, I mean, break this down for me, because somebody's out there they're like, what, what, what is he talking about? How what do you what do you mean you left your job? How, what do you mean you made money on the side, more money on the side? than you did when you were actually working? Like, what do you do? Like, I mean, do you sell like astronaut clothes? Like, what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, of course. So what I'm wearing right now, I'm in a sorority called Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, and I sell clothing to women in that sorority. I will be going out to all the other sororities and fraternities. Um, right now, it is just Delta, but we will be expanding soon. And now that I have time to do that and time to think about that, so that is what I sell. I'm almost 100% e-commerce, but we'll do a few pop-up shops depending on the season. Okay. And I mean, how'd you get into it? Because that's like super niche that some people may say, I know people who sell Delta paraphernalia or Greek paraphernalia. They don't make any money. What is she talking about? Because you can't make any money doing that. I have high quality clothing. And so I attract a high quality customer. So my customer base is a little bit different than the average Greek vendor. So that's one thing. And how I got started, well, I would actually go pull out the T-shirt. I wish I had known you were going to ask me this question. I would have pulled out the T-shirt from when I crossed. The T-shirt from when I crossed, it was probably like a size 3X. And it was huge. It was boxy. It just, it wasn't it. And, you know, in college, when you go to an HBCU, you have to be dressed to the nines. And I love Delta. So I did wear that boxy t-shirt, but I just didn't feel like I could be myself. I didn't feel like I could like be so fine how I wanted to be in that shirt, but I did wear my shirt. So for me, it was just like, I wanted to show my personal style and flair in apparel and Greek apparel. So that's why I started my company, Like No Other Greek. Like No Other Greek. Why is it like no other? Break that down. Well, it's like no other because, again, it is truly like no other. I told you that I have high quality apparel. Even, for instance, this shirt I'm wearing, it has leather letters instead of like your standard canvas or your standard embroidery. So, again, like no other. But everybody who is Greek is like no other. We all got into the organization based on our own standing rights, what we did in the community, how we serve the community. Nobody's the same. So we're like no other Greek. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so is your product truly the clothing or are you doing something else to serve your community? So I am doing other things to serve my community. I'm letting women know that they should feel confident and beautiful when they dress up in their, I guess, Greek apparel. They need to always actually be confident and beautiful in whatever they wear, but especially when they wear their Greek apparel. So it's multifaceted. So I'm selling them confidence, beauty, and all of the things, all of the above. Why is that important for you? It's important to me because I've struggled with the way I look based upon my weight from time to time. And no matter what size you are, you ought to feel beautiful. You ought to be beautiful. It doesn't matter how much you weigh. It doesn't matter what the scale says. It doesn't matter. You need to exude confidence. And so that's why it's important to me. Okay. All right. So it's funny because a lot of folks, you know, they want to serve the neophytes. They want to serve the people who just got into the fraternity or the sorority. And you're saying, I am helping women who are successful in their corporate career, who are still active in the sorority at this point and they want to show their pride, but don't want to look like my coin term, a ragamuffin. <laughs> <laughs> so 
as you were preparing to, I mean, this didn't happen by chance, right? You didn't just willy nilly say, Hey, I'm out. I'm going to leave what I went to college for. And then I, cause you wait, you just got a promotion. You got a promotion last year. Didn't I you? did. I did just get a promotion. I was a GS 14. I became a manager in the government at the young tender age of 35. A lot of people that's actually kind of unheard of. A lot of the time people don't become a GS 14 or a manager until they're about 45 plus. So I beat the system per se. Okay. And so for all intents and purposes, you made it, right? I mean, because you hit that level so early, the potential for you to go even higher rose because there weren't but so many people who could actually go into those new roles. And you're saying you're not going to continue. You decided that you're not going to continue down that path. When you decided, was it truly just the conversation at conference or were there indicators over the past, we'll call it, I don't know, eight months that actually made it clear to you that that wasn't how you were supposed to spend your, the rest of your life? Well, I think there were indicators. And the first indicator is that after getting my job, I was having anxiety and panic attacks because of the work. Yes, it was heavy, but it wasn't necessarily the work. It was the management style that was not good for me. It just wasn't good for me. I just can't have someone hovering over top of me. I'm an adult and I know how to do my work. And so I don't need anyone hovering over top of me. So that was one of the key indicators. It's probably the first. Okay, so you decided because of the way you were being managed that that wasn't the place for you to be. And now who manages you? (laughs) I manage myself. (laughs) And I love it. A lot of people get lost in the the freedom. I, I call it drowning in freedom. And so I think you took a little break from work and you've been working in your business kind of full time while you've been on this break, how do you organize your day to make sure that you're getting the things done that need to be done in the business? Because there's so many different places that you could go on a given day. That's true, but I stay organized. I'm probably more organized now than I was when working a nine to five because I know that I'm in, in control of pretty much what comes in and what goes out because it's mine. But I start my day off, you know, with a good meditation, prayer, because I'm very spiritual and I have a relationship with God and that is very important to me. So I start my day off like that. And then I, after I finish that, I write a list of things that I need to do and I go through my list. And honestly, the, the list keeps me, the least list keeps me in order. So I know what I need to do throughout the day and I make sure that I get those things done. And if I don't, they go back on the list the next day. So what's been the most surprising part of this journey? Because when we first started hanging out, you weren't trying to leave your job. It was just kind of this thing on the side. And then it became more and more and more important. And then you're like, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't have a hundred percent answer, but The day I knew that I was going to be ready to leave my job was the day I was on leave 
Then my manager called me four times. That was probably the day it was like, you have to go. Like, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. But I can't, I don't know. I can't pinpoint it, Jerome. It's just been a, a category of different things and that have occurred over time. I remember the day after your launch and you, you actually took the time to reflect on what you made. And then you thought about how much you worked and you said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that day like that. <laughs> I do because you were so engrossed in doing the thing, right? It was getting the orders in. It was the issues with the website. It was getting the packages out. It was making sure that people were satisfied with, with the products when they came in. It was making sure that the stuff that you ordered actually met the quality control standards that you have, which is not normal for a business in its infancy. And so when it actually worked and you saw that it was real and there was proof of concept and you, you ventured out and started doing the stuff on social media and you actually got a response. I was just like, man, this is so amazing to see how this idea and this thought of I'm going to get my license to be a vendor for the sorority grew into this thing that is keeping multiple people busy for a lot of hours a week. It's not just you anymore. It's a number of people helping you execute against this business. For the reminder, because I definitely forgot. <laughs> and it's only been a few months. So <laughs> thank you for that refresher. But that's why I journal, though, because, you know, you won't remember these things because you get caught up in the day. The day, the week, the, the month. And, you know, the thing that I probably appreciate most about your journey is the passion that you had around it. It wasn't, I'm going to make all this money. It was people don't have to look like that when they're representing this Greek letter organization that they, if they did an undergrad, lost sleep and risk getting poor grades and all these other sacrifices that they make when they're trying to cross the burning sands into whatever <laughs> organization that they're joining. And you wanted them to, to really appreciate themselves and realize that, hey, just because you're an adult doesn't mean that you can't be stylish or that you can't feel pretty. And I think, you know, I've got two little girls, right? You've met Kay and Leah. And, you know, the fact of the matter is like so many women have body issues and so many women are worried about being pretty. So many women question whether or not they're attractive and they can go all the way to the left and do a bunch of things that maybe never allow them to get the respect that they actually deserve because they're trying to get attention for whatever poor reason. And I think you're accentuating that you don't actually have to do crazy things in order to feel pretty and kept. Am I, am I getting that right? That's a hundred percent true. I think every woman goes through a phase of life where they're not feeling so attractive, where they're not feeling how they felt in their twenties. And it's important to know that no matter what age you are, you're still beautiful. So that's exactly right, Jerome. And you need to show that beauty to the world. It's not just like an inner beauty. I feel like it's an outer beauty as well. 
A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential but lack the strategy, support, and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. So, what is it about your experience that allowed you to stay in touch with that? Because it feels like it just gets lost and people kind of lose themselves in relationships or other people or kids or work. And then they look up and they don't recognize the person that they're looking at. Well, I am single, so I may have a different perspective because I'm not speaking from a mother or someone, you know, who has a lot of kids or taking care of someone, but it's still important and to put, put yourself first. And so I think no matter what you're in, like what your situation is in a relationship standard, standard status, excuse me, you definitely need to put yourself first. So, I mean, I know people are like, oh, but I'm a mom. I have kids. You still put yourself first. It's important. Why do you say that? I, I think a lot of the moms are out there like, what are you talking about? Put myself first. Didn't you see all these people who need their needs taken care of? How dare you suggest that I put myself first? Well, you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you think you're ugly, you're going to pour that on your kids, whether you realize it or not, or you're going to be jealous of your kids, one of the two. But even the jealousy is going to show up in a way that's not, you know, kind. So you, if you're not loving yourself, if you're not reading scripture, if you're not quoting things or, you know, have positive affirmations to yourself, looking and feeling beautiful on the inside and outside, you can't pour to, into your children. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. All right. Now let's pivot a little bit here and go down this path of spirituality, because I still remember when you were in class, right? You took the multifamily kickstart course and you told people how you were going to do this and that for women. And it had something to do with God. And I was like, I don't know where she's going, but she's so passionate about it. I believe every word she's telling us. So break this down, this relationship, this commitment, this covenant with your savior. It's, it's a, it's a relationship that continues to grow daily. As I've shared with you, Jerome, I went through a breakup. And after that breakup, God and I just became extremely, extremely close. I had a relationship with God prior to the breakup, but it was kind of more like, hey, what's up? You know, bless this money. Let this money go far. Let me, let me do this. Let me do that. All right. Keep my family safe. Thanks. And that was kind of the the end all of the relationship. But after I went through the breakup, I needed like I needed God. I truly needed God. And I really found my resting place with him. And I know a lot of people are like, well, what does that mean? Like her resting place with him? Like, what does that mean? 
But spending time with God was really important to me. And it became where I started allowing God to speak to me. And I just wasn't giving him my laundry list or like my Santa Claus list of things that I needed and wanted. It was kind of like, God, how can I serve you? And I would allow him to speak to me as to how, you know, I could serve him. And one of the ways that he told me I could serve him or need to serve him is by serving, you know, women who have lost hope and have lost, you know, their way based upon bad relationships and things of that nature. Wow. That's a beautiful thing when you actually submit to the process or submit to the creator. So I'm going to pivot back because now we know where your resting place is. And I'm going to ask you a tough question. Most people are scared to share it. But what's been your worst fear on this journey? Like, what's been the worst fear in the process? My worst fear? That people wouldn't like this stuff and that they would just dog it on the internet. I think that was probably my worst fear because at that rate, I don't have, you know, the internet, once it's out there, it's no running. That, I mean, it's nothing I can do if, you know, people were like, oh, like no other Greek is not good and. So I think that that was probably my worst fear of it not panning out and it not working out. But clearly that didn't happen. Okay. And then how'd you move through that? Because once you share it with people, once you launch the website, once you send the first piece out, you have no more control over it. So how'd you get through that? I don't know. I just had confidence in myself. I mean, I was like, the stuff is cute. So if they don't like it, it's kind of them. Like, I mean, I'm just being real. <laughs> that's how I felt. I just kind of was like, that's on them. And I just need to go find the right customer because the stuff is high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she had her piece, y'all. She had her piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. So, all right. You started going, you questioned it. It was like, ah, I'm going to go anyway. Was there a point of no return? Was there a point where you're like, I got to keep going? I call this the red pill moment. The red pill moment was when I went to the red pill experience in North Carolina with you, honest to God. And so we were sitting in the room and I kept getting messages from my manager and I was just like, oh my God. And I shared with you all that he had called me four times (laughs) already. And I was like, oh, this is, this isn't going to work. This really isn't going to work. And it was like, of course, who wouldn't want to keep getting GS14 money and working the part-time business? But in essence, I was like, I physically and mentally cannot do, it's no way possible to do both. So when we watched The Matrix, I think it was three, I was just like, dang, I got to (laughs) leave. I was like, I got to leave. I was like, girl, you have to leave. There's no turning back. And it's like, I spoke my piece while I was there. I said, I'm leaving. And you know, you kind of have to boost yourself up. I feel like you have to talk to yourself. You have to kind of do that Issa Rae talking in the mirror, you know, oh, you all this, you know, you have to hype yourself up a little bit, but once that's done, you just have to do the thing. And so, you know, earlier last week, I felt a little bit nauseous and I felt a little bit sick and, you know, that's probably TMI, but it's the truth. But after this weekend, I was just thought about it. I was like, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? And I was just like, girl, you're fine. And this morning, I didn't like, I didn't shy away. I did my meditation. I worked out and then I made my call. Like, just did it. And it was nothing to it. You know, I didn't even have to hype myself up. I feel like I'm beyond that phase as of now. 
it's kind of like Nike, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And she did all the stuff before she did it, right? She didn't just jump out the plane. She didn't randomly walk in on a Saturday, or I guess it was a Wednesday, or maybe a Monday, and say, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. She put together a plan. She was ready to exit. She has some predictability around her income. She has money in savings. I mean, we can keep going down the list of all the things she did to make sure that she was able to make a great escape from the corporate America. So she doesn't have to go back. She doesn't turn around in what I call the desert and go back into that jungle where she's trapped with the anacondas and all of the other critters that are in the jungle. So is the biggest difference in your approach to life now that you see the freedom on the outside of being in a nine to five compared to prior to? So this may hurt a lot of people's feelings, but I just have to be truthful and honest. But the people I'll choose to spend time with will greatly differ. Now that I'm out of a nine to five, hearing people complain about a nine to five, you know, it's fine to complain. But if we're not coming up with a solution, then it's no need for me to just listen to you complain to the nine to five. And it's really no shade. It's just the truth. I'm in a different mindset. Different mindset. I know, by the way, those phone calls were happening on a work day when you were at the Red Pill Experience for most people. And I mean, your guy was at work. That's why he was calling you. And you're like, I thought it was Saturday. No, it's a random Wednesday in December. So there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, as we kind of wind this one down, I got to know, what are you most grateful for? Honestly, I'm grateful to God for how everything has aligned. One, you know, this is kind of a long story, but I'll try to keep it quick. You know, <clears throat> the way I even got introduced to you was because of a Google feed. You know, Google knows everything that's going on in our lives. And so I had put a bid in, out on a house and I didn't end up getting it. And I wanted to find someone who could teach me about real estate. And Google knew that. And I clicked on the link and there you were. And so I reached out. So that happened. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to get coaching from Jerome for real estate. And then I was like, wait, this thing in my life is occurring and I need you to help me. And we're still working through that. <laughs> but it, so it's all aligning. And so I just thank God for just showing me like how everything is aligning and the doors are opening. And so I know which way to go and I don't feel confusion and I feel a lot of peace. So I think the alignment and peace are the things that I'm most grateful for. Alignment, peace, clarity. Those are powerful words. All right. What dream are you most focused on catching next? I'm about to become a multimillionaire. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. The clarity, the clarity in the statement. Yeah. There, there is no confusion. And I mean, she's not just saying it. She's making the investments, man. If you guys saw what was happening behind the scenes on this one, we're not going to spill the beans. We're going to bring her back in 12 months so you guys <laughs> could get the skinny and see how she actually executed this thing because it's a thing of beauty. And, you know, the one thing that I would... I, I beg you to share with the listeners is just talking about how you launched your line, because I think a lot of people just kind of put it out there. They just kind of 
toss it out there and see what happens. But you had a totally different experience. And I mean, you've got this huge list considering how long you've been doing this thing. And I, I mean, I know people that have been doing the business thing for multiple years and they don't even have a fraction of the list of your size. So like, how did you put that together? And then I'm not asking you to speak dollars, but how did that pay off for you in the backside? So the way the list got put together, someone by the name of Mr. Meyer told me about something called a launch. I had no idea what this was. Like, I just was going to send out an email to people. Like, I didn't know what this whole thing. I was like, launch? What? What are you talking about? But doing a launch was absolutely the best thing ever. It got the conversation going. People were like pinging me, asking me what date is it going to be available? Could they get early access? Like the launch was it. So launch that the keyword is you need a whole launch, a pre-launch or whatever you want to call it, but you need a launch to get the people excited. And speaking numbers, I mean, I told you I made more in a, you know, like in a few days than I do in a month. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, you don't need numbers. That's just, t- you know, just the time alone. That's all you need. Well, I think a lot of people feel like how much money you make is tied to how much time you put in. And I mean, there was a lot of stuff that you did before you actually press go, right? There's a lot of things before you sent the first email. There's a lot of things before you did the photo shoot and re- engaged on social media and and did a lot of the things that happened that led to the success that you had on the backside. But once that stuff is set up, I think it can run without you being in it. And it's the beautiful thing about having a product business is that you can have the product and the system working for you while you're doing other things. So thank you for being vulnerable with the listeners on that piece, because I think a lot of us just miss it. And so the final question, the one I ask everybody is what's the one thing you want the listeners to take away from this? But the one, actually, no, I don't. The one thing I want listeners to take away from this is that just believe in yourself. Like honest to goodness, believe in yourself, hype yourself up because you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You can't have a dream and be timid and scared. You have to like embody your dream. So literally give all your energy, all your hope, everything towards your dream and believe in it. So that's my, that's my two cents. It's more than two cents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's more than two cents. And here's why, man. You have left the matrix. Welcome to the Ooh. dark side, man. We're just glad to have Ooh. you. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome her to freaking Babylon. I don't know. We're on the ever ever to Nazareth. I mean, y'all pick the thing that you want. Here's the thing, though. She's got the ability to change the future generations. She's got the opportunity to make, be the matriarch with this idea that she turned into a business. And you heard it here. She's proclaimed the millionaire status is on the way and it's not going to take much for her to tweak the business, scale it, drive revenue to get to the place where she's serving people all over the world because she has a niche business that has very targeted clients that she can find very easily. And as long as her product is presented to them in the right way, it's highly likely that they're going to buy. So Andrea Price, 
so grateful that you've come into my world. Thank you so much for being not only a dream chaser, but a dream catcher. Congratulations on your exit from corporate America. I am so proud of you. So grateful to have been on this journey with you so far. And I can't wait to hang out with you at Extraction. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> to the listeners, your dreams should be real. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real. <laughs>